How's that cupcake? Busted. I was gonna put it in my food log. Oh no, look. I truly don't give a SHIT if you lie to me. But if you lie to yourself, right? Bye bye. I started Power for Life because I wanted to give people power for their own lives. What can we do for you? I want to be able to take a punch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Clients love me. And if they're cool, I'm their best friend. The guy was weird, okay? He just gave off a weird vibe. I lead with my butt. See my form? Yes. I don't have anything in common with it except a couple abnormal kind of behaviors. We had some personal issues. And how did you handle that? You want to date me? Hmm? For a hundred bucks an hour? You have got to be the worst rich guy ever. It's not making me any less attracted to you. Hey, I'm in a movie. I'm gonna need you to keep your distance from Kat. If you try to contact her, the law won't be your only problem. Are you threatening him? Are you threatening me? You told me you wanted to learn how to take a punch. What do you think, you're ready? I didn't know you were this angry. Do yourself a favor. Just start dating some lovely thing who's gonna be nice to you. If you're gonna start to romance me, I'll stab you. You have feelings for me. You have no idea what's going on in your own brain. So I guess your boyfriend? No. Did I have a shot with you? The short answer is no. What's the long answer? No. Do you want to make out? Uh, I should just take out a restraining order on you. You really do sound married. Skype just died on my desktop, so I'm having to use my laptop right now. Okay. Gotcha. Is that worse? Is the uh, laptop like you know twenty years old? Or uh, no, no, no. It's uh, it's a little bit worse, but it's not bad. It should work okay. I was supposed to record earlier with Shane, and uh, my you know a year and a half old iMac, the fan just would not stop blowing, and so I'm like feeling of the computer. And I'm like, I don't think I'm running anything. I'm not editing. Nope, the computer is ice cold. The fan can stop now. It is nowhere close to overheating. And uh, so that's a, well, for you, a dreaded trip to the Apple store, probably in my future then. Uh, but I somehow got it to uh, to stop. So now it's like I have my one tab open, and I'm like, okay, that's all I'm going to ask of you, Skype and this results on IMDb. <laughs> so please don't make any sound. Um, this is one that came out well, back in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember you recommending it to me. Yeah, I was really hot on this when it came out. I really, this just seemed right up your alley. As soon as I saw it, I thought this was a movie you needed to see. Well, it's Guy Pierce is a uh, fitness trainer, so that that certainly helps. That uh, it, it did a lot more for me than Kevin Corrigan and his face on the poster. Uh, <laughs> How <no>. dare you! <laughs> the hell has kevin corrigan done other than give you like 25 plus years of solid work well i will speak in his defense slightly um the imdb poster for this i don't know if it's what the uh you know filmmakers wanted as far as their official uh marketing face here uh Mm -hmm. but it actually is pretty honest as far as how they portray him in the film they try to make kevin corrigan as unappealing looking as possible yeah as a man just physically wrecked in the way that I think, you know, most Americans get 
uh, to a certain point if they don't have any reason to stay in shape. And in this particular instance, he has come into a great deal of money and it just sort of fell in his lap. Um, so no, Kevin Corgan has done nothing to me and he's been a fine comedic actor in a number of films, but yeah, they, they try to make him, uh, they try to ugly him up in a way in this film. What do you think about him carrying a film? Cause it's really, um, I would say it's three leads in this film. Each of them are take up equal screen time. So even though he's third build on IMDb, it's really does feel like his film in a lot of ways. I think that's what's very uh, off-putting about it, but very cool. That <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> I know I'm sounding like some sort of executive here. Like my note is more Guy Pierce, but you have very attractive Guy Pierce and uh, Kobe Smulders, and you're right. You spend a third of the time, and maybe even more, because he's sort of the connective tissue between the two characters right. uh, with Kevin Corrigan, and he's not even playing like um, you know we did. A big fan on the podcast is Pat Oswalt. He's not even mm-hmm. playing that level of charisma as far as like a lovable loser <laughs> who's just kind of socially awkward. No, he's he's kind of menacing in his awkwardness. Like it, to me, uh, it felt like I, I don't know where his head's at. And so there's there's some miscommunications throughout the film. Um, the biggest one being that Guy Pierce is the supervisor. He he runs a uh, this fitness outfit, and I guess he's somewhat above Smolder's character, but they have they right. sort of have a weird personal relationship anyway. Well, Guy Pierce is the one with the dream, the vision. Yeah, sort of, uh, which is what's interesting. So he he's sort of brought into this because Corgan has given them a big fat check for like a year's <laughs> worth of training up front, which is not going to be used. But because of the way that Kevin Corgan plays it, uh, even though we know that he's not really done anything wrong as far as uh, making a pass or any sort of um, you know sexual assault towards the Smolders character, mm-hmm. y- you actually like even with that information. If I'm Guy Pierce, I sort of understand where he's coming from. That this guy <laughs> seems really off and weird, and is re- reacting to physical violence and threats in a, a a very strange and calm way. Okay, so have you only seen the movie once, or have you rewatched it? Oh, well, I went back and rewatched it, but I'm wondering: Are you, you going to tell me that seeing it a second time uh, makes him less uh, weird? I, I, I think I think it goes away. <laughs> I, I think he, I, I think, think it's you, sir. Okay, I think you're defending no, okay, the weird maybe guy. Maybe it is me. And um, the moment where I'm thinking, if you know, I, I hit the lottery kind of so much money, the idea of being lonely and walking around my house half naked with my schlubby body noodling around in a, in a way overpriced guitar. That, that hit home. I felt like, yeah. That, and I would imagine you would probably have a 24-hour podcast network empire that you were building up behind you. You would have something that you were throwing yourself Wait, into. Wait, if I had money? Yeah. I wouldn't be podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it would be, but it would not be podcasting. <laughs> Might as well just dig a giant pit in my huge backyard for my mansion and just throw my money in it, set it on fire. <laughs> Well, you know, certain investments need to be a loss at the end of the year. <laughs> okay, yeah. If I want to ride off, yeah, all this podcasting business. Uh, no, it's uh, even more so than the physical appearance. I think we expect, uh, after many years of watching films, for the ugly duckling, in a way, to be made more sympathetic by the filmmakers. And 
He's not at all. And I'm not even saying that his character is bad anyway. He ends up being a really interesting guy that provokes a lot of growth for these two people who think they mm-hmm. have it all together. But he doesn't do it in a, in a way that is cute or where it's like he's the lovable loser with his like great but, insight. But he has a selfless side to him and he does things for them and acts in a way that is very much in their interest as opposed to his own. Right, but it's it's interesting the way he does it is that he initially gets angry because he where you said he has he's come into this money, he now has this freedom to just like why why don't you do what makes you happy? Like why wouldn't you do that? Like what is the hold up here? And I think for them that they, they see it the opposite way. They see it as like, okay, you've got this money. We can you know carve you out a rock. Here's what we're going to do for you if you follow these steps. But he's the one that's sort of ahead of the game. And it's like, I don't really think that's going to make me any happier. Like, yeah, that was sort of a passing interest, but no, I think I've already, I've already figured it out. That's, that's not for me. Well, and that's something that's so remarkably honest about the way they handle the third act without getting into the exact details of what his character arc is. But it was, it, it didn't feel cutesy, but it felt very honest. And I really appreciated where it went with him and what he needed and that sort of putting that honesty on himself. And when he points it back at himself, what he sees that he needs in life, I, I think it was those moments that you have like that in your life where you can be perfectly candid with yourself and admit the sort of faults that you have and accept the faults in others and the ones that, you know, actually support who you are. And I thought there was kind of a beautiful ending for the film. Oh no, I, I totally agree. Um, I will say that I could see some complaints, which is, the problem with doing this this podcast is I generally have IMDb up just so I can get the actors' names right, but that stupid score just hovers like at the top of the screen, uh, which I, I recently discovered a, a Safari extension, which I'm using Chrome tonight, um, that gets rid of the score. And it gets rid of a lot of the, the crap, like the photos and videos and ads and everything. And I'm wondering if it's someone like myself that was like, fuck these stupid scores. Like, that's gone too. But this has a 5.8, which to me is insanely low because it's one of my favorite oh, God, films yeah. of the year. I, I really, really love this movie. But I, I understand some complaints that if I said, hey, watch results to, uh, I don't want to call them normal people, but maybe, who, you know, others who don't seek out films like you and I do trying to find that next thing. Right. It has a meandering nature to it, which unfortunately, uh, and I've seen in interviews that the director's somewhat uh, sick of hearing about it because he's, he's from the mumblecore movement. It has that sort of uh, pacing, which I actually think adds to the growth of the characters because like you said, it, it becomes very realistic. It feels very natural. But I would think that I would probably get a text or a call from people about 30 minutes in like, what what is this about? Like, where is this going? Do you not feel that th- way? Th- those are those are people that you can remove from your phone book and stop recommending films to. Chris, you I mean, how many friends do you want me to have left? I mean, you're just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I mean, there's certain people that you recommend certain films to when I get a text from a coworker looking for something at Redbox and I go, "Oh, Chappie. Okay, yeah, you're retarded <laughs> enough to enjoy that movie. That's fine. You'll you'll dig that." <laughs> but like, you know, the Kevin Corrigan character here, do you not have that moment where you want to kind of push people in a way like, you know what, this is for your no. betterment. No, I, I let go of that when I was 16, when I was this sort of angry, you know, just 
my enthusiasm for music and film and art. And if you didn't have the same taste as me, I was personally offended by it. So I don't need to push my taste on other people. I just know that there's a ton of people out there who don't watch film the way I do, that they don't watch 10 movies a week. They don't, you know, have the desire to talk at three o'clock in the morning with uh, random strangers about these movies. So what? that's totally natural. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I can see why um, people that stumbled across this movie, it wouldn't be for them necessarily. But you know, when you see a 5.8, I think that needs to be weighted. And the only thing that I really pay attention to on IMDb is the people who liked this also liked and so if you're under results, they say they also like Queen of Earth, which is one of my other favorite films of the year. So I'm spot on with that. I don't care. The people that like Queen of Earth, if you go under that one and you know see what the score is there, it's 6.8. And that seems shockingly wow. low also. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say this is uh, – both of these films are in my top five for the year so far. So uh, yeah, I would, I'm definitely a big booster and defender of both. But you know, it's, it's interesting because we're talking about – um, I guess in a cinephile way, wanting people to kind of improve their their taste <laughs> or their their palate, um, and that but that seems to be I, I guess it is maybe I just didn't learn any sort of lessons from results because that's contradictory as far as what I took away from the film and uh, what did you think that the filmmaker here uh, is saying about uh, sort of self improvement culture being sold to you and being marketed that if you do this it will fix everything if you fix your body it'll fix your life right i think it's a fairly um obvious lesson that we all need to learn that the when you're searching externally for your happiness or for these results and to find that sort of sense of peace or you know whatever it is it's not going to work that that the only way to gain those sort of results are to go inward and to accept who you are and accept sort of the flaws of it and to buy in to the people around you and yeah I, I accept the people around you. Those are where you will gain those positive results in your life. And it, it seems like something that is really obvious, but something that most of us don't really come to terms with in most of our lives, probably. No, I mean, the uh, the Guy Pierce character, I think, probably is the one that struggles the most or has the, the biggest sort of arc when it comes to that. Yeah, but I think that there is a – and by the way, on that sort of note with Guy Pierce, uh, he's fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I love him pl- this in this role, um, just playing this really self-confident slash unaware guy who ha- has this great sort of tagline in his mind, but he hasn't thought it through. And there's real no, there's no depth to him at all. But he has this vision of something and he doesn't even have a fully realized vision. And it's just he plays it so perfectly well without really, I think, being insulting or demeaning to the character. It feels like a fully realized character at the same time. That's that's a difficult balance that he was he was tasked with there, because in a lot of other hands, I think that that same role uh, would have been a really annoying character and you would you would have started to root against him either absolutely in, in no way would you want this character anywhere near a romantic comedy situation where you're pulling for him to to get the girl like in any way and and on that note we haven't really talked about kobe smolders here who is not playing um really i would say you know generally speaking uh, a very likable character uh, oh no not at all <laughs> she's she's very uh good at what she does in a way uh, but not very understanding um, about other people and sort of how to motivate them. She she knows how to motivate herself and what's worked for her, 
But it's like if you're not with her, um, you're against her way. And I, I thought she was phenomenal here. And I actually loved for a romantic comedy that she had that sort of blunt edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I thought she, like Guy Pierce, was handed a character not very likable that I was I found her very engaging. And I'm also sort of rooting for her, too. I'm rooting for these two people who really shouldn't be uh, that likable to get together. And that, that sounds like the making of a terrible romantic comedy, but it really works here. Well, I think that they gave her um, what would in most traditional romantic comedies, they gave her the male role mm-hmm. where she's the one that, you know, she knows what she wants. She can separate sort of sex from emotion and all these other things. And it can come across as unlikable and guy Pierce is really given a feminine role and that he is the one that is the dreamer. He's the one with the, you know, sort of the rose colored glasses life view in a way. And it's, but neither one of them are that simple, but I think there is sort of a twist on what you would normally expect in it. And Corrigan, he has the showiest role in the film, but there's a lot of heavy lifting being done around him to make that work because it's without the performances from the other two leads, I, the movie wouldn't work at all. And it's just such a perfect combination with all three of these characters that I couldn't imagine it being cast with anyone else in any of these roles. I think I read that, uh, Corgan and Pierce were the two that were in mind for the, for the roles. Uh, but Kobe Smulders was five months pregnant when she filmed this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just, I, I, it made me wonder, it's like, is, is she the, this character? Has she been fooling everyone with that well, stupid sitcom for a decade? Like, I, when you keep goodness. doing Avengers movies and Marvel movies, that's <laughs> that body that she had in this movie is her putting on baby weight. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> I was, I was impressed and kind of freaked out by the, the intensity <laughs> there of Miss Smolders, but, uh, you're not going to, you know, we're, I'm putting this together, this episode rather quickly because we were scrambling, uh, through my own, uh, podcasting incompetence, uh, to <laughs> replace another episode that we, we did not have access to as I loaded up my Apple TV expecting the movie to be delivered to me digitally and it was not there. But the theme that, I've picked out to do with, with Shane. Um, and there goes my, uh, iMac fan for all of you podcast listeners <laughs> out there. And the reason we couldn't record earlier today, uh, is about, uh, benefactors coming into people's lives. And can you sort of guess which two films we chose to, to go with results and they, neither one have anything to do with personal fitness, uh, to, with benefactors, I'll go Brewster's millions. <laughs> No, <laughs> but there's still time. As I said, I have not recorded it. <laughs> what two did you choose? We chose uh, Great Expectations <laughs> for results. Uh, very similar. I'm sure it's right underneath uh, IMDb there. You know, if you like this, you like Great Expectations and not the uh, David Lean version either, because I as know, I said, what, what? putting this together really quickly, uh, that's not available uh, online. But the, uh, the new one is uh, the Mike Newell 2012 version. Uh, want to take a shot at the other movie? Uh, no, no, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I was, I'll go with the toy. Keep it on a, a, a Richard Pryor theme. <laughs> I, I do not want to get into those, uh, you know, race uh, commentary there at all with the toy. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, we went with the the immigrant with uh, Marion Cotillard oh, and Walking Phoenix. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Jesus so. Christ. <laughs> Because everyone's just, <laughs> God, <laughs> great expectations in the immigrant. Yep. 
I mean, triple feature res- results. You think so? Oh no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> well, that's why people listen to the the podcast. You know, <laughs> if you uh, if you like results, uh, hopefully you you've liked this this mini review here. And if you didn't, we've got two other movies that are uh, period pieces. Um, deal with money, and uh, I think generally people kind of doing the opposite of what we we learned in results here, and how they they kind of come to terms with things. Which is, you know, people with money are uh, generally pretty good. It's just sometimes they're they're sometimes they're ugly, just like uh, Kevin Corrigan. That's that's what Dickens was saying, right? Sometimes oh, yeah, ugly yeah, yeah, people yeah, have yeah, money. Yeah, absolutely, that's that's completely what I took away from that. Yeah, in tenth grade, I'm pretty sure that's what it said in the um, Cliff Notes version of it. Well, in tenth grade, I would have loved to have had uh, results replace uh, great expectations on the syllabus there, uh, but that was that was not to be, and probably probably won't be. As much as you and I both love this romantic comedy, I don't think it's anyone's comparing it to Dickens, but we are, and we're saying it's better. Hello. Hello, sir. <laughs> I, uh, I, I had my laptop set up uh, on my desk, and I forgot to have the uh, fan underneath it, so it just overheated. Speak of the devil. Wow. So we are on opposite ends. If only I yeah. could have my iMac there to constantly cool it and make a horrible sound on the mic. 